What is going on? Almost Canaanites and almost Canoners. I'm Nick, your host, with with an old friend here, Tyler. You might remember him from from Opophis. Uh we'll get into we'll get into that here in just a minute. Just one thing I wanted to go over really quick. Um I don't know, Tyler, you might have seen this. Uh, I saw it was in a bunch of articles online about this mysterious sound they recorded in the sky. Did you see anything about that? Um, yeah, actually, a, a little bit. They're they're some people are calling it sky trumpets. No, this 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 was like recent. Like, I don't think it was that because this was uh, like what are they called? They it was infrasound. No, you probably didn't see anything. This what this was is, it? No, this was like this week. Well, Leanna heard something literally like last week. This was this was something that says here. This was out of a, a vice uh some a vice article. It says the Acoustical Society of America met in Chicago last week and Daniel Bowman, who's a principal scientist at a Sandia National Laboratory presented his findings after he and his team had discovered a mysterious sound picked up by a high altitude balloon in the stratosphere. Which is weird. When I hear that, I automatically think of like those uh they call them rods. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're like I guess they're kind of yeah. like UAPs. Uh they call them rods and they fly around. Some people think they're like uh um alive, you know, like some sort of creature. And then people also tell these stories about these like flying like uh manta rays that live <laughs> it's crazy, I know, but that live in the stratosphere and they just kind of fly around. But you you know, you can't really see them, I guess. But uh I don't know, that's what I think of when I hear of it's like straight off that alien worlds. Oh yeah, on, on Netflix. Probably yeah. Did you watch that? No, dude, I love that. Uh, it it was so stupid, but it was so it was so much fun to watch. <clears throat> it was actually pretty awesome. There's only four episodes of it, but it was just like they took, you know, science from Earth and then they applied it to like different worlds. Mm. And so like they had these giant like manta ray like things that were literally yeah. like flying through the sky, and they were like. Right on earth they'd be like hundreds of pounds but there they, they gave some weird explanation to like a more gassy climate or something so that they could fly it was it was kind of fun well there's stories of people seeing them here on earth so but they're they're in the stratosphere you know you rarely people rarely see them but when i hear that they recorded huh. sounds that's what i think of but yeah that was that was it that's all i had for uh for full canon news so that's the news update so yeah that was we're gonna, we gonna look into that and try and find a, enough for a full episode on it are you no i don't know i mean i could do a full episode on the those manta rays but yeah uh, that's what i meant maybe at some point 
Yeah. But uh, actually, there was another thing I wanted to cover: All rating right. and reviewing. Come on, people! We need to rate. And we need to review. It's important. It's the only way. It's like the main way I can grow the podcast is through rating and reviews. I know you're listening. I can see the numbers, but no one wants to review, man. I don't know how to make it happen. I can only review my own show once. Yeah, and sharing it with your all your family members only goes so far. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But uh you gotta get some more interesting guests on there that no one one share share it with everybody. I'm not that interesting. I don't know that many people. <laughs> I had this one guy on, uh, Joseph Citro. He's an author of like paranormal stuff, dude. And my, my fucking, my numbers went sky high, but it was oh, probably yeah. just for that one episode. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy what just having one person on there that knows a lot of people can do. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely <clears throat> well known, but, uh, but yeah, so let's, let's get into this. I'm just going to yeah. call it Apophis Part 2. I don't know what you want to call it. But... Yeah, that's fine. I mean, we, we pretty much already talked about Apophis in the first one. Uh, what was it? Three or four months ago? Oh, um, oh wow. Is that long ago? Yeah, I guess it was. Get, getting close to it. I think it was shortly after Christmas time. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's practically summer here. I heard it's pretty much still winter up there, but <laughs> it's like 80 out here. So Damn. Yeah, it's freezing today. Yeah, that's what my it was cold. Yeah, my buddy was saying it was like it was like forty degrees. He wanted to take the motorcycle for a spin, but it was too cold. Yeah, today sucks. So yeah, um, Apophis. You wanted to talk about some of the destruction of it, potential destruction of it. Sorry, why don't we go over what Apophis is really quick again, like a recap? Okay. So Apophis is an asteroid that's supposed to be uh, doing a really close pass by on Friday the 13th of April in 2029. It is about 1,100 feet across, and it's roughly, I mean, it's large enough to do a significant amount of damage if it hits the well-populated area um right now it's supposed to they're admitting that it's going to be about twenty thousand miles away um which is about a tenth to a twelfth of the distance of the moon and it's uh yeah it's like probably the highest threat level um nasa's ever found and uh if it doesn't if it doesn't make contact in 2029, it's supposed to have other close approaches in 2036 and 2068, I think it is. <clears throat> yeah. But 2029 seems like the most possible um, potential uh, impact because, I mean, it's supposed to be just so much closer in 2029 than it is in 2036. They're claiming that the gravitational force from it coming so close to the Earth in 2029 that it might change the trajectory of it so much that it, it does make impact in 2020, uh, 2036. 
but it's uh, it's something that they can't really calculate until after it makes the pass by. Right. I mean, they can claim they can, but they don't truly know. Right, right. Yeah, we talked a little bit about some of the destruction. Um, I mean, clearly we don't fully know because a lot of the uh, a lot of the different projections for it are based off of assumptions. I mean, we don't know exactly what it's made out of. We don't know exactly how heavy it is, but um, based off what we do know, we expect it to be about a tenth of the size of the entire world arsenal. So if you take all of the explosives of the earth um, and put them together or a tenth of them, then it would be uh, it would be about that size of an impact, which um, or if you compare it to like the Tunguska event, which flattened um, that flattened something like 700 miles, square miles of forest and fried a whole bunch of reindeer. Um, that that was about a third the size. So it definitely do a lot. And uh, I was just looking around on some different things in scripture about the Wormwood prophecy and things like that. And, and it was interesting because a lot of the stuff I started to notice <clears throat> kind of aligned with some of the stuff that they're saying science has proven now. Like if the asteroid does make impact with the ocean, most of these asteroids would, if they're made out of a certain material, which is a very common material, it would actually turn the ocean like a blood red kind of color. And Revelation talks about that where if the the or it says when this asteroid called wormwood hits the ocean it will turn it this blood red color which i thought was kind of crazy and it also talks about how it will kill off a lot of like the marine life which doesn't really make much sense to me how some guy from 90 a.d can just like have a vision of a rock hitting the ocean and be like, oh, it's going to kill all the fish too. It's not just going to make some huge splash. It's going to like kill everything in the ocean, which I mean, we have plenty of reason to believe that something that's been floating around in space collecting radiation for millions of years would potentially add a whole lot of pollution. The weird space diseases. Yeah, weird space diseases and parasites. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, so that's definitely something that I thought was really odd. But something else that really bugged me that like I, I kind of just picked up um, out of the blue was it, it talks about how when this asteroid hits, it's going to destroy a third of the ships in the ocean. So if you think about it, if it hits i mean we don't know exactly where it would make contact but we do know that it would we do know that it would hit in a general area i mean we can tell if it's going to hit in the pacific ocean or the atlantic ocean and you figure if we know that it's going to hit in the pacific ocean and we know that it's coming for months beforehand then we would move those ships out of the ocean <laughs> so you would think, right? I mean, I know if I had some giant freight line 
ship that I use to either, you know, catch fish or, or transport goods across the ocean, I wouldn't want to wait for insurance to cut me a check <laughs> after a third of the ships get sunk by this stupid thing. You know, like I'd be getting it the hell out of there. Right. I mean, it, it, it makes me think that this has got to be downplayed or like a total surprise to us. It's either like this, this scripture talking about that. It has to be some random asteroid that we just didn't see coming at all, or it's Apophis and they're just going to keep downplaying it. And oddly enough, Apophis is like the exact same size as the average sized mountain in the area where we believe the book was written. So like, we believe that the book of Revelation was written by John, and we believe he was um, captive at the island of Patmos. And if you look up the average size of a mountain in the island of Patmos, it's right around that 1,000 foot, 1,200 foot kind of size range. I mean, they're not quite that big, but, um, you know, you figure, <clears throat> you figure if you lay Apophis on its side, it's probably not fully 1100 feet either so it's i thought it was kind of interesting just how close it was in size to the mountains that he compared it to you know in the book he talks about like something great like a mountain set a fire that comes crashing into the ocean and it's like wait a minute <clears throat> well how big is a mountain from where he was you know what i mean mountains can be enormous or they can be pretty big you know so I looked up like, okay, well, where was he when he wrote this? Okay, Patmos. And and I drew the conclusions of it being like, yeah, it's actually pretty close in, in size to, to what he was used to seeing for mountain sizes. Um, <clears throat> another thing was, I was watching this this video about like different asteroid impacts and what kind of destruction they would do just some thing i think it was by like the history channel or something mm. and it was uh it was just talking about all different sizes i think and different levels of, of problems that it would cause and um it was basically saying that that when an asteroid hits and especially if it hits the ocean, it puts off like a, a ton of gas because I mean, this thing's, this thing's like 10 times hotter than the sun because of how much it warms up coming through our atmosphere. So it's literally melting rock hot. Right. And so it's going to put off a lot of ocean vapors when it hits the ocean, clearly. And that vapor that goes up into the clouds, <clears throat> that vapor is actually you know it gets it mingles in with the rest of the clouds and then eventually when it rains it creates like this weird acidic kind of rain that can burn up a lot of uh our our small vegetation huh. that's weird yeah so it's like how did this guy from ancient times be able to figure out all this different stuff i mean we didn't know this stuff until less than 100 years ago right Science. So, so how the hell did some dude who's never even you know doesn't even know what an ozone layer is <laughs> understand how this rock will be heated up so much that it will it'll create this much vapor and burn up all of this different you know 
this different gases that will create all these problems. This is boggling to me how it can't be anything but like a vision from God, you know? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. weird. It's, it's also weird because he also talked about later in the book, um, he talked about the sun being able to burn people and it's uh i don't remember exactly how a lot of this stuff was worded but basically saying that the sun will be able to be able to uh let its rays come down and and it'll burn us and people will break out in blisters so if we have um a bunch of volcanic activity we believe that it will mess up our north and south poles which will drop our ozone layer um i mean I'm pulling out random numbers from a bunch of different places that, you know, have estimations right. here. Like, you know, that we don't fully know because it hasn't happened in our lifetimes. Um, right. yeah. But, but I, I saw somebody saying something that it could drop it, our ozone layer down to like 10% or maybe even less. So you figure if you go outside in the sun and you get sunburnt in an hour now, I mean, we're talking if it drops down to 10%, you could not be outside for five minutes without getting a sunburn but just a bunch of volcanic eruptions can do that yeah because it, it messes with your north and south pole and they're actually right now they're discovering that we're a lot more active in our volcanic everything pretty much right now like uh yeah, one of the biggest volcanoes just just started to is that in south america um oh, I, I just read something about a volcano in south america that was like big <laughs> I think it was like in one of the islands down below like Bangkok or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's like one of the largest volcanoes that we've ever seen. Um, and it's, it's had a minor eruption and we, we have reason to believe that at some points we can actually have more than a North and South pole. We can actually have like two North poles and two South poles and it can screw everything up until it kind of resets itself. Huh. And if that is to happen, then that prophecy would get fulfilled pretty easily also, which I thought was just mind boggling. Like how does somebody figure out that an invisible ozone layer would get messed up from a bunch of volcanic eruptions? I mean, it, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I saw uh, something where it said that Apophis was supposed to hit somewhere around California. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be, crossing by in the northern hemisphere from what i understand so i mean i don't think they truly know but based off my research it'd probably be off the coast of california when i think of when i think of uh the end of the world and volcanic eruptions i think of the super volcano in yellowstone mm. so, I mean, that's pretty close to where wherever yeah uh, that, that area is so yeah and that's another thing is if we did have a major asteroid hit in that area, it would be one of the worst places for it to happen. Right. Because, I mean, there could be enough of a, a shock from the impact to make Yellowstone go full pissed off explosion. Yeah. And and that could, that could add a whole other layer of issues. I mean, we start talking about all the ash and vapor that comes off of an asteroid impact. Um, a super volcano could throw so much ash up in the air that we could not see the sun for years even. Yeah, yeah. And, and revelation talks about that also to where like the sun, 
wasn't able to give at it any of its light or a third of its light for whatever period of time, you know. It would be true hell on earth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting because we would go from um we would go from literally being stuck in a, almost a winter state because we can't get enough sunlight to the earth right. to form yeah. it. Yeah. Being a mini ice age to literally walk outside as soon as the ash settles, walk outside and getting sunburnt in five minutes. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't know. Whenever I hear of something like that, I, my my mind instantly goes to super volcano Yellowstone. Hmm. Not good. Yeah, and you know it's it's weird because the Book of Revelation talks about volcano, uh, not necessarily volcanoes, but earthquakes a lot, which go hand in hand with volcanic eruptions. And it talks about it raining fire and right. hail. And we know now that from these volcanoes a lot of them can um, just the, the amount of smoke and heat transition can cause some really crazy storms that would have like crazy hail at them. And if you, you know, you throw in a volcanic eruption, then added to all that, then you definitely will have a, a situation of it, it raining fire and hail. And I actually found something where somebody was saying that they think that if, if, uh, Yellowstone did go full super volcano eruption, then it would be able to shoot lava like not just hundreds of feet, but actually miles into the air. I mean, I don't doubt it. It's huge. Like if you if you look at it, like at the actual volcano on a map, it's huge. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, it's it's insanely big, and the some of the cavities underneath these things are bigger than we can even wrap our heads around like some i found something saying that they found this cavern underneath the ground full of lava that was like big enough to fill the grand canyon with lava 11 times over right yeah it's ridiculous yeah yeah it's pretty wild and i mean we're already seeming to be more volcanically um active lately and and our north and south poles are already pretty unstable. A lot of people don't realize this, but I found this thing that's been talking about how the North Pole is actually moving right now, yeah. is moving towards Russia at like right. not a small amount. Um, no, it's like just over the last 50 years, it's moved a shit ton. Yeah, it's it's moving something like, uh, I th it was in kilometers. I think it was like 50 kilometers a year or something. But I mean, still it's like, it's like 20, 30 miles Something a like year that. transitioning towards Russia. Yeah. So if we started having major volcanic issues, then who's to say those things wouldn't go haywire? Right. So what else you got? Anything? About destruction? Or just in general. On Apophis? Yeah. Um it's kind of it's kind of at a standstill right now from when we talked last um i mean we're pretty much just waiting and trying to get better projections because we know it's going to miss us <laughs> but uh i did those hear quotation something marks by the way huh i said those were quotation marks by the way for anyone who who can't see you oh yeah yeah there were some quotation marks in there um but uh yeah apparently they are planning to do like did you hear about the dart mission that where they're flying though yeah they, no. go ahead 
<laughs> no, I was just saying that's when they fly the the little spaceship to the asteroid. Yeah, they flew a spaceship into it, and supposedly they redirected it a, a very minor amount. And I don't think it was um, I don't think it was a big enough amount to really say much. And I don't think that it was even nearly the size of Apophis. No, I didn't see that. It it was successful, and according to uh, i think it was the washington post that i was reading um they said that they wanted to do it for apophis for experimental purposes mm. just so that they could you know learn more about redirecting these things and since it's going to be so close and such a good opportunity to do it anyways they might as well spend a few billion dollars on you know because you know yeah, what's a few? It's not billion? like it's not like we're in debt or anything right now. So why not spend a couple billion on something just to learn more? I had a theory on that. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of what that's that's what they're telling us, right? Mm-hmm. What they're really doing is they're flying the spaceship to the asteroid. Do they do it already, or or, or are they doing it right now? They're not going to be able to do it until um, I think they're probably going to start it like six months or something before it's it's passed by okay okay still it doesn't matter what they're really doing is they're flying the ash the the little spaceship out there it's got some sort of sensor on it right and they're mm-hmm. gonna put it right on the asteroid so in that asteroid apophis when it flies by the earth it activates the the huge you know this huge array of holograms that they have set out on all these satellites it's gonna project you know this this giant hologram in the sky I'm telling you man and we're all gonna get faked out everyone's gonna think you know it's crashing and they're gonna they're gonna set some nukes off underground somewhere and everyone's gonna think that this asteroid hit the earth oh so so you're saying that they're gonna as it's passing by they're gonna project a fake one that does make impact and make everybody gonna, hide underground yeah they're gonna pull some sort of magic I'm telling you right now, like that project blue beam I was telling you about. That's what blue beams all about. Yeah. I, I looked into that a little bit and it was, uh, it was kind of intriguing. Um, it, it seems a little far-fetched for people to fall for, but in this day and age, I mean, everybody just listens to whatever they hear anyways. So right. I don't know. No, no, but it, like, I don't know about the whole religion aspect to blue beam, but it would, it makes perfect sense. That if they're going to try and set up some sort of new world order, man, Apophis would be the, the most perfect scapegoat. Like if it's supposed to, even if it's just supposed to go by us, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it goes by us because by that point, they'll already have everyone, you know, rounded up. I read, I read this thing. Uh, I think it was, it's called Rex 84. It was this program designed by FEMA. And it said within three days, they could have 95% of the American population rounded up and put into camps. But those are numbers on a piece of paper. You know, yeah. have to do it practically. Might well, not. yeah. It's, in real life, there's a lot of hiccups that you don't account for, but that's still pretty impressive projections either way. Right. This Rex 84, man, is, it's crazy. What is the Rex 84? Yeah, so they, uh, I, got, I got notes on it right here. Let's see if I can find it really quick. Rex 84, uh, it stands for Readiness Exercise 1984. 
So it's it was a previously classified plan. It's it's kind of been declassified because uh I don't know, somebody wrote it found something out about it and wrote a news article and they kind of released pieces of it. But uh there's a plan developed by the government with the aims of gathering and detaining large numbers of American citizens who are deemed to be threats to national security, you know, during the Cold War era. Huh. Well, that's everybody now. All you need to do is uh say something that isn't politically acceptable and right, you're considered right. a terrorist. Right. It was mainly geared towards like uh Central and South American immigrants uh, during like, you know, like the, the Contras issue that was going on because they were worried, you know, the United States government was worried that that communism was going to spread throughout Central and South America, you know, closer to our border, you know, maybe even into Mexico or those com communist countries were going to just move north and invade us. And they wanted to round up all the, you know, the immigrants from from those countries so they put this they built this plan and but it, i mean it's expanded since then into this huge thing yeah. i mean they and they they used pieces of rex 84 during the 60s and 70s there was like this operation it was called operation garden plot they used like the army and the national guard to combat like the racial and anti-draft riots of the 60s and 70s so they've they've initiated pieces of this this Rex eighty four, but they never actually, you know, obviously never initiated the whole thing. But they've used pieces of it, and it has been successful. Yeah, FEMA is nuts, dude. It's crazy. Like there was this Vice article that came out, or no, it was a Wired article came out called "The Secret History of FEMA." Like they're crazy. I think now they're kind of. They're kind of reined in a little bit more, but they were pretty much only answer to the president, and they they had a they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. Like it was nuts. Hmm. But now now they're more under control of Congress and stuff. But yeah, dude, those, these like they run Mount Weather. Have you ever heard of Mount Weather? It's in Virginia. It's like this huge complex that's going to be used to house the government. You know, in case the world goes to shit. So like, if a POFIS was the hit. They'd move the government to Mount Weather, and then they'd move the military to rape this place called Raven Rock Mountain Complex. Hmm. And, uh, then there's Cheyenne Mountain Complex in Colorado, and that would hold like uh, NORAD and all the, the Space Marines or whatever they're called, the Space Force. And yeah, see, that's that's my only issue with your using Apophis as a fake to hit the earth and then like do a simulation to make people think it hit. So we don't have enough underground places for everybody to hide in. Somebody's yeah. somebody's gonna just be like, oh I'm screwed. And they're just gonna sit out on their porch and be like, I guess I'm ready. Yeah, no, dude, and they don't wanna they don't want to round everyone up. They just wanna they're gonna move all the important people to all the the super safe bunkers. Then they're gonna take, you know, however many they can fit in all these other places. And these mountain complex like Mount Weather and Raven Rock and Cheyenne, dude, these places are huge. They have like underground subway systems. They're so big. They, they can fit like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And there's also Cold Cold War bunkers just throughout the whole country that can fit tens of thousands of people. And they, they're, they're still, you know, stocked full of all this stuff from the Cold War that they were prepared, you know. Like if there was a nuclear attack, they had, you know, a year's worth of food and water and that that stuff's all still there so why are we why would they send the the 
the important people there if they know that the asteroid is not going to hit and it's just a fake anyway. Because they're they have to get everyone together because they're creating a new government, you know. Oh, oh, oh! It's to push the one world government. <laughs> yeah, the new world. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. No, I I I see what you're saying now. I don't know. I just I feel like Apophis would be the perfect excuse to. Oh, totally. And, uh, you know, you know what they say, don't let a good catastrophe go to waste. They're, mm. they're going to they're going to use these things to their benefit. And, oh, we've got to do martial law and, oh, we've got to keep martial law. And, oh, hey, martial law went so well. We're just going to keep right. it initiated because you guys obeyed so much better when you're under martial law. You know, that's like, another thing. If martial law, you know, is enacted, then FEMA pretty much takes control of everything. You know, they, they pretty much run the, you know, obviously the, the president or whoever, you know, is the leader, but FEMA's like mm. the backbone. They, they're running everything. Mm. You know, these military bases, all those, um, you know, wherever everyone, I don't know. They just pretty much run everything. Dude, I heard this thing. Um, it was like, Oh, I was talking to like some nurse or something. And she said that they had this patient come in that when the COVID outbreaks were a thing and he was complaining about like not feeling as well and not being himself. And apparently he went to and like signed up for some like kind of like a FEMA camp, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was freaked out about COVID and they gave him some sort of vaccine <laughs> thing for it. And he just wasn't right afterwards. And then they brought him in and they did brain scans of him and stuff. And whatever they had given him had eaten away at the part of his brain that processed emotion. So he was just like an emotionless zombie. Right. I mean, he, he knew that like something wasn't right with him now, but like he couldn't feel anger or joy or anything. He was just completely emotionless. It was freaky. <laughs> I mean, like, you've been like uh, depressed, but uh, there is a thought that when everyone gets no, they did up, like CTs and they like could see something was wrong with his brain. Well, there's the there is a thought that when everyone's rounded up, they're gonna use some sort of bio weapon to, you know, kill off a shit ton of people. You know, the ones that they don't need, they're just gonna spread this virus around, and you know. Who knows? Maybe they can just inject people with it. They get in line. Yeah. Well, I mean, Revelation talks about that too. So it talks about a, a disease that wipes out like, I think it's like a third of the population or something. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly, but it was a lot. It was like a very big percentage of the world that gets killed off by, it's like either a third or a quarter, I'm pretty sure. Um, something else about, I thought that your whole blue beam thing, maybe I misunderstood it, but I thought it was supposed to be like doing projections of, um, either like an alien invasion or a second coming of Christ right. or something yeah. of that sort so that they yeah. can use that image of the aliens or, you know, they just have Jesus sitting up in the clouds, right. right. Telling people what to do so that they comply to whatever that is. And and that was my initial findings of Bluebeam was that it would be some sort of either an alien invasion or a, a, a religious second coming kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think originated as a, a second coming. Hmm. I think over time it moved to like an, an alien invasion. Yeah. 
Well, did you watch that thing that I sent you about Tony Alberino? And yeah. he he's he's really interesting. I think you'd really like him. So he talks a lot about like oh yeah I did cultures yeah yeah he talks about like the different cultures and how like his his father was a preacher, so he knew a lot about scripture and then he was kind of more of a historian um but he was talking about like how a lot of these things tie together and how all of these different cultures have different things that they um that align with each other like almost every culture has some sort of documentation of this great flood right and they all have a little bit of a different story to it though and a yep. lot of them talk about after this happens some weird entity shows up and kind of takes over and shows them how to like farm and and you know yeah, build different things and, yeah and and eventually the figure goes away but they still look up to him as like a, a king or a god even what's even weirder all those cultures have that figure and they they depict it in like you know some sort of artwork or carving they're always carrying some sort of bag. Weird. Yeah. But he talks about because... how, like, scripturally, it's actually kind of backed up because, um, you know, it talks about, like, the falling of angels and, and the Nephilims and different things and how it's all kind of connected. I'm far from expert, and I really shouldn't talk about it too much because I don't really know what I'm talking about fully. But it it is it is pretty interesting how it all kind of seems to be cut from the same cloth. It's kind of hard to piece it together, but it's definitely strange in the sense of, oh, well, we've got these these fallen angels that are coming to earth and procreating with the women. And we also have around a similar time frame, we have uh, these entities showing up that don't fully look human, but they're human enough to, you know, do whatever they want. Yeah. And they're extremely intelligent so why aren't we viewing these more as one of the same you know it's it's like it's like you're either on the oh well i believe it was this this fish serpent god man which is yeah. you know the, yeah it's like the, the the pagan belief of him being god um or it's the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like oh well we're christians so we don't believe in that and it's like it's like these things do have a lot of similarities that we could almost sew them together instead of just, you know, having to be on one side of the spectrum or the other. Wasn't that why Jesus, you have the Jesus fish because of that, right? The Jesus fish? Yeah, you know, like those little fish symbols, you know what I'm talking about? You see them on cars and shit. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But There's like a connection between Jesus and a fish. And it, well, it goes back to that figure, this fish god that teaches, you know. I don't think I'm that's why you, This is a it. thing. This is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. This is a real thing, dude. The I'm Christians dead serious. Did it, though. I believe you, but I don't think that's why the Christians did it like that. I think it's probably oh, man, it goes, told it his goes disciples way back. fishers of men. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm telling you, man, this is a real thing. So, um, Bluebeam, all right. I found something that um, I'm a Revelation nerd. I just like to try to depict it. Um, so, Revelation 13 and 15, it's talking about the Antichrist, the first beast, and the false prophet, the second beast, and how they are basically coming into power. And 
how they create an image that people are supposed to worship. And it says, the second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refuse to worship it to be killed. So I don't know what you pick up from that, but what I kind of hear from it is, you know, initially, I think me and pretty much anybody who read it just assumed that they had like, you know, a little speaker next to a statue of the first beast and they were making people worship it. And they had some little, you know, intercom system go playing. That's like bow down and worship me or else. And, you know, there's one guard standing there with a gun or something, you know, but it, it does kind of tie into project blue beam of what if they did reenact a second coming of Christ and they did have a projection of him up in the sky and they were enabling, um, I, I don't know how much you saw on it, but I actually watched one video where they thought that they could uh, speak to people telepathically yeah. through radio waves. Yep. And I, I kind of thought that was a bunch of BS, but they've actually had a lot more success with it than you'd like to know. <laughs> and um, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, if if that were to happen, then they could literally convince people that God was talking to them up in the sky. Right. That was the and whole point. They would force people to bow down and worship it, just like, you know, Bluebeam kind of insinuates at that. So it also said something, I'm not sure if I can find the verse, but it, it said something along the lines of the image of the beast was able to speak like the second beast or something like that, or it, or it could speak like the dragon. That was it. It was able to speak like the dragon, I think. And it's like, how does a statue talk like a dragon? I can't really piece all this together. And I feel like it's it's almost too complex to just be like, oh, well, they had some statue and next to the statue, they have a speaker that plays. And, you know, like, it seems like it has to be a little bit deeper than that. Um, I'm not sure that it necessarily follows the the guidelines of what what is the dragon so the dragon is so the dragon is kind of debated um it usually symbolizes like i think it's usually symbolistic of the spirit of the devil yeah. um kind of hard to say because it doesn't actually talk about uh the dragon too much it mostly just says that the dragon gives his um his throne and power and authority to the first beast i mean that would make sense because throughout history you know the dragons always picked it as the bad guy so yeah yeah they're not somebody you want to mess with because um i'm just trying to see if i can find it here where it... yeah that's fine take your time i can edit all this link space out and stuff so so you you're an expert on that now yeah <laughs> it's really not that hard yeah. i was surprised how easy it was i haven't done much video but i can do audio at least. it's pretty much the same you just push cut wherever you want to cut it and it it chops it in half or whatever i guess i just haven't found a program you showed me that one that you used but uh hmm. yeah it's pretty it's pretty user friendly yeah but it's only 80 bucks for a lifetime right 
I figured I'll wait till I start doing video. I haven't really done much video, so. Right. Well, now that you're now that you're doing it like this, it's a little bit more. Uh, it might be a little bit easier for you to just do Skypes instead of you know gathering people and going to the studio and. The Zoom actually up. works pretty good. The audio is pretty good. It's not 100, percent but it's it's good. Like. Well, you can hear. Yeah, but still, even then, it's clear and sounds good. I I think it sounds just as good as the studio microphone. Hey, if it works, yeah. don't mess it up. Right. Um, I forgot what I was trying to look up. Something on Bluebeam. I knew this was going to happen. Second coming. Uh, I think they're going to use the telephone was what they were going to do. The radio waves through the telephone. Really? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like, what I heard at least. Through like cell phones? Uh, no, I think it was like home phones. At least that's what he wrote about. I'm sure they can do it through cell phones now. They, but this guy was this guy wrote about this shit in like '96. Oh right, I say who has a who even has a home phone anymore? Yeah, but I got something I want to add about this guy before we end end this because it's actually it's pretty interesting and it's weird. All right, this guy who who kind of was started it, what, the blue beam conspiracy. Yeah, his name's Serge uh, Monas, but. We can, I'll wait until you're done. I'll just end it with this, or at least this um, part. And I, I don't know how long you want to go for. Um, I don't know. As long as we can is fine with me. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have a whole lot on Bluebeam. I'm pretty much out of ammunition for Bluebeam. Yeah. All right. Well, this, this guy, his name was Serge Monast. He's Canadian. And like, you could either see him as, as crazy and I mean, he's done a lot of weird shit. Like he, he was, he, he might have been crazy. I think it was like 1990, I want to say 95 to 90, or 94 to 96. He was hiding from the government because he said he was being hunted for being involved in networks of prohibited information, right? And so in 1996, he was finally arrested and then he was, he was let go the next day, right? And then that day when he, he got home, he died of a heart attack. Isn't that weird? Yeah, Epstein killed himself. Right. I'm dead serious. He died of a heart attack at his house after being released from, from jail. That's weird. Maybe he was on to something, you know? They they obviously didn't want to... They can't kill him in jail because then it looks extra weird. So let him out, you know, poison his water, do whatever you got to. Let him die at his house. Yeah. Heart attack. A little bit of ricin in your water. That's weird. Like you could see him as crazy, but you can't deny the fact that he was killed for probably knowing too much and writing about it because he started a whole uh, publishing company or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was a publishing company. And uh, so he was writing all these books and publishing all this information about this stuff. They had to kill him off, you know. Hmm. Yeah, that's about all I have on Bluebeam too. Well, I mean, I mean, it's probably not even called. I think he just called it Bluebeam. Oh, yeah. And it was they were going to use NASA technology. That was the big thing, too. They were going to use NASA to to figure out this. Uh, this, yeah. this is what I wrote. NASA is a government program still. I mean, yeah, but they were going to use NASA specific technology to to, uh, I don't know, fake this 
this hologram or whatever they were doing. Hmm. That's what he dug up. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried it. And that's weird because Apophis is in space and who goes to space? NASA. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Black and white. Come on. Way, way too much of a connection there, huh? Yeah. Just can't let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's super funny. I'm just saying, like, shit's getting crazy. Uh, Dude, the state of the world is just so messed up. I mean, I was watching, I started following this guy um, on YouTube. He uh, he has a channel called Lion and Lamb Ministries. And he does a, a weekly update on what's going on in, in Jerusalem. And he was talking the other day about how some of the guards in near some big israelite area um they had some some like high security guards there and somebody was taking laser lights and shining it in the guards eyes just to piss them off right so you know what they did they took stink bombs and they go over to where the laser light was coming from and they'd huck a stink bomb in the area and and stink them out of the area uh, and then the laser lighter okay. would move and be shining laser lights in their eyes from somewhere else, and they'd send somebody else over to huck a stink bomb over there. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, we are in such a screwed up world right now. I mean, we're between all of the different political crap. It's well, I just read that Israel and Palestine they're gearing up for like the most warring they've ever done. Is oh be- yeah, yeah, they um they're pretty much at war with Iran. I mean. Iran's launching missiles in into their right. area from from what I understand, or maybe it's yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Iran. I'm not real great with that area. Isn't that one? Know. Yeah, no, I think it is. And isn't that one of the signs of the apocalypse? Yeah, it's, it's also in scripture. Yeah, it's also in scripture where it talks about um the invaders coming from the north and um the Lord's supposed to shoot the arrows out of the sky. And I mean, we've pretty much seen that because I mean, from a, from a, a, somebody who's living in 90 AD, I mean, what happened a couple weeks ago where the iron dome missile defense system was shooting missiles out of the air at an extreme rate. Isn't that just the coolest name? The The iron Iron dome. Dome. Yeah. That's American made. Yeah, they're probably like Patriots and Tomahawks. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're um they're in a real rough spot right now. And they need what they need is somebody to step up and get a treaty signed. And that's also in scripture that talks about like some figure will step up and they'll sign a treaty. And um, that figure will likely be the Antichrist. Right. Well, you know, remember that video I said, that, that stupid video I sent you to watch that was on like Discovery or whatever? That dramatization of uh, the apocalypse? Mm. Oh, yeah. TV show? It wasn't, it was like a TV show. Right? Yeah, it was like a two movie series or something. Right. Yeah. Well, there was a part where they were talking about the Israel being invaded from the north thing. And I, I, I dug deep on that, man. I got like obsessed for, for like a whole, for a week or two on that. Yeah, shit. it's happening. I mean, <laughs> as it we is, speak, it it's is. happening. It is. So I, 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 I wrote this down. Uh, I guess this is from Ezekiel. 
I don't know anything about the Bible, but this is from Ezekiel. You know something Ezekiel saying, so. Right. Other than this, <laughs> uh, thirty-eight two. So I'm assuming that means uh, I don't know, but uh, the son of man set your face towards Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince. Oh shit! I can't pronounce this. There's some rough pronunciations in some of those. The Shek and Tubal and prophecy against them. So I looked into that. And Magog would be Russia, which is yeah. is directly north from Israel, way mm -hmm. up there. And they used to describe barbarians living around the Black Sea, the Rosh. And then Ezekiel 38, 5 and 6, Persia, Cush, and Put are with them. All of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, Beth, Jesus. Bethel? Faces are so hard to pronounce. Beth something from the uttermost parts of the north with all his hordes. Many people are with you, blah, blah, blah. You know, and from that I got like, you know, Iran is Persia. Gomer would be Turkey. Cush yep. is Sudan, put Libya. You know, and all these people are kind of meshing together. You got, what's that, uh, what's yeah, that it's... Russian uh, mercenary group? What's it called? It's been in the news a lot lately. Russian? Yeah, the mercenary group that's helping the Russians right now in the war. and, and uh... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's some mercenary group that's helping the Russians. It's a Russian mercenary group. I forget what it's called. Anyway, they, they're working heavy. Like, they're doing some crazy shit in Sudan and Libya. So, right now. So, they're kind of already teamed up with Russia. Uh, Turkey. Turkey, even though Turkey's in the UN, they're kind of like, eh. They're definitely more gearing towards Russia than they are towards the United States. Oh, totally. Uh, and Iran, obviously, is working with Russia right now. You know, sending them all sorts of these uh drone weird drone things and like weird drone missiles or something but and they're launching they're launching missiles at at uh israel right now yeah and you know it's um i was hearing this thing that was uh it was talking about how the iron dome can stop like some ridiculous amount of missiles per per day right. uh, i think it was something like a thousand missiles a day it can shoot down and they were ready to shoot down all of this incoming fire with the Iron Dome. But the problem is, is they were going to run out of ammo so fast with it that they would only last a few days. Luckily, it hasn't been as heavy of a, of a fire as they thought it might be initially. But, um, or at least from what I gathered, that's what I was finding. But um, it's, uh, it's all coming together. Just like scripture said, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, man. Oh. Like we're we're gearing up for a World War Three. And I have yeah. I fear that that would move towards, you know, the apocalypse. Oh, I totally I want to believe in the Bible. But well I don't know, man. <laughs> you you might want to start looking into it because some of this stuff is is just dude, I don't know how anybody can call some of these shots that they've been calling. And how perfectly it's fallen together, like it's like it's doing. I mean, and just because like you might not have a whole lot of evidence that Turkey is involved in this, it doesn't mean they're not. You know, they could be giving supplies to Iran to help them bomb us. Like just because they're like, no, our hands are clean, it doesn't mean they are. 
Right. Well, I mean, I you you can definitely see that Erdogan is the president of Turkey, and he's definitely more of a uh, Putin type figure than he is someone uh, you know who supports I don't know than a than a U.S. president type figure. He definitely supports more of a hard line. Sometimes I think we'd be better off with Putin than we are now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, maybe maybe Russia invading wouldn't be the worst thing for us, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. Screw that. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not quite to that ship yet, but I'm starting to wander. I got my shit. I'm ready. <laughs> I bought I got gas masks for me, my wife. I haven't got any for the kids yet. I'm listening. Hold on. I got I got bulletproof vest for my wife, and I got my plate carrier. I got my wife uh, an AR pistol, and I got mine. Sorry, of a, I don't know. Hers is more compact. Mine's more of a long-range rifle. My AR, and I got enough ammo to last, I don't know. From, to get me from point A to point B, wherever that is. Not to mention the, I probably got a year's worth of food. So, I'm ready. All right, I'm back. Where were we? Oh, I thought you were listening. I, I was. I was just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, um, no, man, I'm ready. Like I, I, I seriously think something's gonna happen. I don't know what that is, but something is happening. Prophecies being fulfilled left and right. <clears throat> And the prophecy that's being fulfilled is the prophecy that's talking about the end times being near. And I know I'm not a believer, so I'm getting left behind. Well, well, I mean, I wouldn't throw the towel in quite that quick, but. No, I mean, I definitely believe that there's a higher power. What that is, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'd start with the, I'd start with the book that's predicting been predicting stuff to happen accurately for hundreds of years that might be a good place to start i know but there's always that's the thing that gets me man i'm telling you there's people who have said that same thing like uh who the hell were those those guys in the 90s they all wore the nikes the nike shoes and they drank the kool-aid in their beds and they all died and they were gonna hop aboard the the comet as it flew by the hell Marshall Applewhite was the the leader of this cult what are they called I gotta look this up really quick I have no clue what you're talking about hold on but no really I'm just saying like we've got we've got this book that has like something like 800 prophecies that have been properly fulfilled and it's like the only ones that are left are the ones that are the end time stuff Heaven's Gate, that's what they were called. The Heaven's Gate cult, man. They they believed, you know, enough to commit suicide that what they believed in was true. And I don't know, maybe, I guess maybe they did hop aboard the comet. I guess we'll never know, but they're all dead now. I'm just saying, I'm not putting all my, my eggs in one basket. One thing that does get me about Christianity that I have a hard time understanding and I want to understand is uh, 
demon possession, how come whenever these dark figures come at you and you, 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 you know, like you rebuke them in Jesus's name, why does that work? So there's got to be something behind it, you know? They recognize authority? I I don't know, man. It's got to be something like that. Oh, I mean, supposedly that doesn't always work. Um, I mean, even, even in the Bible, there was a point where um, Christ gave, like, some of his followers the authority to cast out demons, and they were struggling with one. They're like, why isn't this working? And yeah. he showed up and he's like, some of these only come out through prayer or something. Right. I actually just so, listened to something on that, like just the other day. Oh, weird. So maybe you already had the answer. Given it, was, uh, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, fasting. Fasting. Yeah. They said some of them yeah, only come out through fasting. Yeah, well, fasting is um, it's supposed to be helpful for that kind of stuff, I guess, because um, are they like, like? I think it's because it's like a, a you're giving away something that you want in in return for uh, feeling a closer relationship with God. Like you're, it's kind of like giving up something you care about in replacement for a closer relationship so i think that's why it's so popular but i think some people have different opinions on it yeah. it is yeah. actually good for you like health wise too to like fast yeah. once in a while oh yeah wicked. so and it's weird because like i mean it's like the fastest way to lose weight is to like <laughs> You know, every couple of days. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Bible's talked about um, people doing that for years and years. I mean, decades. And we didn't really know some of the benefits that it has until recently. Just how how much it can actually do for you. Yeah, well, the lore behind Christianity definitely interests me. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like the whole angels and fallen angels slash demons in the Nephilim, like, and the giants. Like, I definitely believe that the giants are, are Nephilim, I guess is what you could call them. Yeah, that's the consensus I've kind of come to also. And um, Fae. Don't get me started on the Fae. There's also a decent amount of evidence to support that the Nephilim yeah that that the Nephilim were giants and that they were actually um sacrificing children to them well guys that was a got pretty crazy there towards the end but that brings an end to uh mine and Tyler's discussion on Apophis part two in the apocalypse um but there's there's so much more. There's got to be at least a good hour left. And if you're interested in hearing this, you can support me and Almost Canon through Acast. I have a $2 tier, a $5 tier, and an $8 tier. The $5 and $8 tier will grant you access to the bonus material. 
Tyler's second half of this episode is going up as our first bonus episode, but there are plenty more in the pipeline. You will at least receive a bonus episode once a month. Um, but yeah, that brings an end to Apophis Part 2 in the Apocalypse. That definitely sounds almost canon to me. Thank you.